Welcome to Revolution Podcast, a place where we discuss the Bible, culture, faith, and why it matters for you. I'm Quinn, and this is my co-host, Chase. And if you're looking for a podcast that explores the revolutionizing power of Christ in your life, then this is the show for you. Welcome back to Revolution Podcast. Man, we are sitting in a hot box right now. Mm-hmm. I am sweating just a little bit, and it's not a pleasant feeling. Mm. But you know what is a pleasant feeling, Quinn? What? The fact that we're about to record another episode. Oh, oh yeah. Wow, what a transition point. Wow. Here we are. We are asking a big question today. And uh, it was phrased as a big, kind of awkward question originally, and I shortened it to something else. And I'm having trouble remembering the original question. Oh, Do you have it written down? Wait. Okay, do you, I'll, I'll say the big question first. Yeah, and then we'll say what mm-hmm. the, and this is going to, and then the shortened version is what the episode title is going to be. Yeah. So this is what you clicked on. Um, so the original question was, how can we help our loved ones reconnect with God when they have no desire? Amazing question. Like Incredible. Like our, our friends, our uh, siblings, our parents, our children, how can we help these people reconnect with God when they just don't want to? Mm-hmm. Great question. Not not concise enough for a podcast episode title though. No. Labored over this. And finally, I just, I mustered up all my literary strength. I Mm. sat down with a cup of coffee at 6 a.m. in the morning after doing a thousand push-ups. On the pod grind. Yeah, on on the pod grind. And... I opened up ChatGPT and I asked it to shorten it for me and this is what it came up with and it was pretty good. So here we are, our, and this is what you clicked on, bringing reluctant loved ones closer to God. Wow, that's Um, way better. It's, it, I mean, well, I, I, yeah. I mean, this, yeah, they're both works great as a title though. Hey, mm-hmm. awesome. Um, and you know, this is actually, uh, is, I, th- I think it's gonna be a very interesting episode because, um, Quinn, I think you and I have maybe had, and I like directly in our own friendship, we've had opposite experiences on different ends of the spectrum, right? Like yeah. I've been the loved one who has no desire to come to God. The, I've been the reluctant loved one um, who does not want to come closer to God. And you've been the friend who wants to bring me closer to God. Um, and I've played that role of this person who is loved by people, but does not want anything to do with God. I've played that role with my parents, with my siblings, and with many, many of my friends over the years. And I think think you would have more experiences in the other direction, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think this is gonna be nice because we can give both. And and then now me, I, I've, I've also had experiences with people um, as a believer, love people who I love, who um, do not want to come closer to God, who maybe um, grew up in a Christian family, but have no desire to reconnect or establish their faith with God. And so we, I, yeah, I, I think we can get both perspectives here of, uh, yeah, on both ends there, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think, oh man, where do, where do we even start? I guess start from the place of um, within this uh, question of bringing reluctant loved ones closer to God. I think mm-hmm. it's important to note right off the bat that um, it's not me that that's going to bring this person straight mm-hmm. back to God, Yeah, right? I, I'm not going to uh, con- convince this person, say, all the all the quote unquote right things about God, and they're yeah. just suddenly going to believe and love and commit their life to Christ. That's okay. that's actually not what my role is. Yeah, um, my role is what we're going to talk about is to love them mm. and to care for them. Yeah, and have some conversations with them, but also pray for them and allow the Holy Spirit to work. Yeah, um, that's so good for you. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, just speaking as somebody who uh, went through quite a crisis of faith and walked away from the church and 
all that sort of stuff and was slowly by the hand of God brought back. And that's what I can emphasize is that I am noting many people have gone through that experience who are going through that experience and hearing the frustrations of people, right? It's like, and it's such a good desire, but like asking that question, like, how do I bring my loved ones back to God when they have no desire to reunite with him? It's like, we, we want to fix things, right? As humans, that's what we want to do. We want to help. We want to fix. We yeah. want to make everything perfect. We want to um, make everything align exactly the way it should. And the problem is, and you learn this, or at least I have slowly, I've learned that it doesn't just apply to one aspect of my life, but applies to most. Mm -hmm. There is usually no quick fix solution to things. Um, oftentimes there isn't just a way you can magically or methodically fix things. There are principles and steps you can take, which we're going to talk about, but there is no guarantee do this and this and this, and they're going to come to Jesus. Yeah. And so when we're engaging in this, and this is a, in a large part of conversation about evangelism, right? When we're engaging in this discipline of evangelism, uh, I, I think we need to start from a place of faith in the character of God because mm -hmm. it's God who brings people back, right? Like the good shepherd who goes out and finds his sheep isn't us, it's Jesus. Jesus is the one who's going to go find his sheep. And so we need to trust him. Like you said, we need to trust the Holy Spirit to do the work. We need to trust in the providence of God, the father. Um, and so, and I, I like to point that out because there are going to be people you love who aren't going to come to Christ, right? There are going to be people hmm. you love who die unbelievers. Um, it, it is a tragic, horrifying fact about reality. But I, I want to start by saying that because we, we can't be broken when we fail, right? Because we're not even necessarily failing. Our job isn't to convert people. It's it's to love them and show them yeah. Jesus. It's to call them to repentance and faith. Um, but we can't fix people's hearts that that is in god's hands um and so we can't be broken by failure but we need to trust god in the midst of this pain of seeing our loved ones walk away from him and we need to trust him that he is using it for first and foremost and we need to keep this in mind always god's using it for his glory and he's also using it for the sake of his children right in romans 8 um all things work to the good of those whom God has called and who love him according to his purposes, right? Yeah. Um, so so in no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situation, we need to just start from a place of trusting that God is faithful and just and loving and that he is using all things for his glory and for the sake of those who love him and who he has chosen. Um, but going on from that, um, so... Um, how, how do we bring reluctant loved ones closer to God? Um, I think the first practical thing we can do is pray for them. Um, and not just marginally, not just at meal times, but like persistently pray. I, I remember the first time I seriously read the parable of the persistent widow in Luke 18, who goes to the judge again and again and again. And it just, I, I, I'd never thought of prayer that way before. Um, and it really blew me away in a lot of ways, right? Like that we can, we can, that God isn't annoyed by our requests, that he actually wants our requests. He wants us to knock on the door again and again. And he, he, like you think of Abraham who prayed for Sodom and Gomorrah for his cousin Lot many, many times, um, who talked to God on his behalf again and again. Moses who talked to God on the behalf of the Israelites again and again and again. David who prayed on behalf of his people as king again and again and again. Let's intercede for people before God. Let's approach his throne with confidence and come before him again show him our, 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 the, the, what would you say, the conviction and the sincerity of our hearts for these people. Um, 
So yeah, I'll just start from a place of prayer. Mm -hmm. but, but what do you think about that? Yeah, I think prayer. I mean, I I've seen my life prayer works works wonders. But something that I've I've experienced is is don't don't stop praying for them, mm. right? So if if you have someone who's who's walked away from the faith for let's say five ten years, I I would encourage you keep praying for them because you never know what God's going to continue to keep doing. I I remember praying for for you, Jace. Yeah. Like I remember praying for for a couple of months and being like, I I don't see him coming closer to God. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why do I, why, why do I keep praying? But I, I kept pressing on. And then I remember having, I, I don't remember when, but I remember having this conversation with you and seeing these things. I was like, man, God is doing something in chase. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just encourage people. Like you, like, like you said, like, it can be just like, you don't see any change in people. Like stuff happens under the surface. I know it does for me anyways, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like I, like I've, I've had this so many times in my life where I, I make massive, huge life changing decisions and people are like, oh, that came out of nowhere. Um, but I've actually, it's, it's been coming on for weeks or months or years. Um, mm -hmm. and it's because a lot of processing can happen in like, I talk with one person over here and one person over here and have this hard conversation over here. And then I really, really think about it for a while. And there's so much happening underneath that people just don't see. And that's, again, let's trust in God's faithfulness, right? Like, I, I don't know, how, how would you say, like, did it challenge you to trust in, like, in, in God's hand? Mm -hmm. in working in that like how did that challenge you as somebody mm -hmm. who was ministering to somebody you cared about yeah i mean for me it was like praying for for like let's say two or three months and i was like man i remember having a conversation with someone and like i was just like i'm praying for this person mm -hmm. and i don't see anything like do why do i keep on praying right was kind of it and they're like dude you just you just got to keep praying mm -hmm. because you don't know what's god what god is going to do yeah and i i would pray like lord I, I pray that Chase, I see the way he loves and cares. And I pray that he would learn to care and love for God. And I would mm. pray that and I would be like, man, I feel like my prayer is, is unanswered, unheard. Mm. Um, and it was through that where I was like challenged, like, no, no, no you got to keep praying yeah. because God, he, he loves this person. And I, I knew in my heart, I was like, I, I know God is going to, yeah. to bring Chase back. Yeah. And so I was like, it, it challenged me where it was like, I'm trusting you, God, right now. Right. That that you're going to do something in this person and it's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. Man, that's really good. I mean, and yeah, I think I, somebody once said to me, and I've just been thinking about because it was a very interesting thing they said. And I don't know if like technically, theologically, I agree with it, but I, I appreciated it so much. It was profound and it made me think they said, when we, he said, he said, I think when we get to heaven, the first thing, is that we're gonna regret not praying as much as we could have, right? Like, like the reason you're, mm. like the reason we say go back to prayer again and again is that there is power in a praying church. Um, the apostle James says there is great might, power, and working through a man of prayer, right? Like prayer is this like like this gift where we become before the throne of the creator of the universe the one who literally controls everything the one who can do 
anything you ask him to. And you can go before him and say, this is what I specifically want. And not only can you do that, but he takes your requests seriously as a child and heir of his kingdom. Like, uh, like as a believer, that's the position you've had. You've been adopted into the family of God mm-hmm. as you can come before his throne and say, like, and not only address him as king, but address him as dad and say, and like, like so much, like not so much as the king who respects the opinions of, of a, an official in his kingdom, but, but a father who loves his son and cares about what his son cares about. You get to go before God in the position of both those people and say, this is what I want want, but please, your perfect will be done. And you can do that. You, like you can like, oh man, I prayer is something I, th- I think we're missing out so much on as a church. And especially in this context of evangelism and caring and ministering to people who aren't believers, like just the power that is working in prayer. It like prayer moves kingdoms. Prayer saves lives. Prayer changes the world as you were like the prayer of a child could change the fate like of a country. Mm-hmm. But what, what were you thinking there? Yeah, I think and I think through that, even when you're praying for someone, pray with with this hope that God is going to do something. Mm-hmm. Pray I, I was actually talking with someone a while ago and they they mentioned this and it's like even if you if someone thinks like, oh, this person's too far gone. God's mm-hmm. never gonna bring them back. Pray for that person no matter what, because you yeah. don't know what God has in store for them. That's right. Amen. You, yeah. you don't know what God has in store because we are humans and God knows everything and he has a plan for that exact person. Yeah. You don't know. So I encourage you, pray for them because God loves them yeah no matter how far like when like, the, like the, paul was not just using hyperbole when he said we're a new creation like like when when jesus puts a new heart into somebody they are unrecognizable from who they were before and so no like you said no matter how far gone pray for that person pray that god absolutely transforms and loves them and so yeah i mean again like just this conversation i think needs to have a basis and any action we have needs to have a basis in like evangelism led and powered and fueled by consistent imploring loving confident and humble prayer before god Mm -hmm. um, which is just an amazing thing um, but so, yeah, so that's one practical step there. Um, and a- another practical step you can take um, is this phrase that, you know, can get thrown around in the church sometimes, I think, without people really understanding what they're saying. Yeah. But uh, to walk in love with this person or the, these loved ones of yours, walk in love with them. Do you, do you want to talk about what, like, what does it mean to walk in love? There's a great passage in the Bible that I can read at some point or I mm-hmm. can start it to frame the conversation. What are you thinking? Yeah, I, I can bounce around the idea. Yeah. Um, we'll see how far I get. That's all um, walking in love. I think that means in many aspects. And I think that one starts with prayer, but I think that means walking beside them mm. and meeting them where they're at mm. um, and caring for them, talking with them. And we'll get into this more in the rest of the episode. Yeah. But I think just walking with them and and just being real with them. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah. There's a John's first episode, first John. So beautiful. I'll just read a small portion. It's in chapter four, verses seven through 12. It says, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. 
In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Mm. What is the most powerful way to demonstrate to an unbeliever that you care about, that they should come to Jesus. Show them God's real. Yeah. Show them God. But John says it. He says, no one has ever seen God. So how are we supposed to show them if God isn't something that can be seen? He solves the problem very clearly for us. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. In other words, God is made manifest within us because it, it is through, it is that love, right? Like God, and he says it in that passage as well, God is love. So through us being empowered by the spirit, that's why the fruit of the spirit is called love. The fruit of the spirit is love. This is love that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. When we practice love, since love is who God is, God is love. When we love, not just that unbeliever, but the people in our lives, and they see that, they see this love, and not just love in the sense of being kind to people who deserve it, but what is the love john's talking about here that when we were still sinners christ died for us that he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins that we might have life through him instead of death to sinners who were enemies of him who don't deserve it when we show love to the people in our lives who least deserve it that manifests the character of god for people around us to see and so in that way People see God through you. That's why John the Baptist prays that he could decrease and the spirit of God within him would increase. We want to completely vanish and be made so that Christ is so manifest and apparent and tangibly visible within us. So the spirit moves powerfully within us and people can see that. And so when I say walk in love, I mean, love that person at their worst. Love them in their angry, hateful, spiteful, bitter, lonely, depressed, disgusting moments. Love them within that. And that is the love of God. And they will see it in you. And through that, they will see Christ in you. And that is the most convincing witness you can give. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, even just bouncing off of that, I mean, we see it. We see it in our own lives where Christ, he he loves us at our worst, right? And I, I think you mentioned that. Yeah. Christ, he loved us at our, at our worst when we did the worst things possible, when we rejected that God was real, when we yeah. said, no, Lord, I don't want you anymore. Yeah. He still loved us. And we're to do the same thing. I mean, 1 Corinthians uh, 13 says that love is patient and mm-hmm. love is kind. Yeah. Walking in love means being patient with them when they're trying to figure their crap out and they don't know what the heck is going on. Yeah. Be patient with them. Be like, Mm -hmm. amen. Yeah. It's okay that you're, that you're struggling through this question that you don't know who God is or what your role is in life right now. Yeah. Love them. Be patient and be kind. Yeah. Can I bounce off of that? I yeah. Had, so when when I was walking through a bunch of stuff, a big thing for me was, were these very, very big kind of theological, philosophical questions, right? And when you're working through questions like, how can we have free will if God is sovereign? Um, as a young kid, that that takes a lot, quite a while for you to really think through and work through properly. But I, I mean, I had people in my life, man, there's, I, there's one friend of mine, bless her heart, who knew, knew as much as I did about questions like that, which was like nothing, like negative knowledge for both of us. 
Um, but this person so patiently just heard me out, heard my thinking, was willing to listen and be like a springboard. And when I, when I was like, maybe this is a possible answer for this, they were able to maybe poke holes in this answer and be like, well, you know, like, and so I would, I would like suggest a more secular materialist, like this is like, this is the answer to free will. Right. But then they would say, well, you know, maybe this and this and this is wrong. And it was like, they, they were able to engage and ask questions and have robust conversations. And like that free will question, I think went on for months. And I was like, I just couldn't find an answer to it. And with like, and, and you know, and they, they, there was, I remember like one time specifically when they got like a little bit frustrated, like you just, you need to, you need to actually land on something at some point, but within like, the grand scheme of things oh they were so patient with me mm-hmm. and then they were also intentional about the, if these are the questions you you're asking and i don't know about them like I, i'll learn I'll, I'll do my best right like i can't promise to be yeah. able to give you answers i can't promise to be an expert but i can promise to walk with you bes- like walk beside you in this i can i can promise to do my best i can promise to engage with you as much as i can and and that was such a massive witness to me that they that they didn't just care about me in in uh in a like in a victory sense of like oh i'm just gonna bring this person to jesus and that's like you got to tick that off in your missionary work box right mm-hmm. like they cared about me as a person in the sense of like they cared about the things I cared about. They didn't, they never asked questions about free will, but when I started, they said, okay, if that's important to you, let me engage with you in this. And so just like, like you said, Quinn, like I, th- I think if you go through the list of the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, everything that comes after the word love is love. Mm-hmm. It's a different aspect of love. So if you're wondering, how do I walk in love with people? Practice those things. Practice the kindness, the goodness, the patience. And man, like, and so anyways, that's that's just a, maybe a personal example of how that worked out very well in my life. My dad also super patient with me. There was one conversation we were having. Uh, we, we were working through mere Christianity together for a while. And there's this one portion in it where C.S. Lewis makes the point of you, you can't just say Jesus was a great moral teacher, right? Because yep. the stuff he said sounds crazy. So either he is um, a lunatic or he's demon possessed or he's like the actual Messiah, son of God, king of the universe. Mm-hmm. And it's only those three options. So me and my dad were engaging around that. And I was and looking back, I'm like, the stuff I was saying made no sense, but I was just pushing back as much as possible because I just didn't want to believe any of it, right? Like like, like Pharaoh, like my, my heart my heart was hard against the things of God. And yet my my father was so patient with me inside of that. So yeah, I mean, I think the, the aspect of love that is patience and forbearance within this context of evangelism specifically, I think you're right, Quinn, that is so so important at least it was for me in my journey but mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh i don't know i got nothing to no, say no it's all good I, I would just the last thing i can say is that um there's nothing more powerful than love right um love like, conquers all things love conquers all things um you, you like like in revelation you read like like at the end of all days like like the evil beings, like Satan, the enemy will be performing great signs and wonders for the nations, right? And so we might say, well, if only God would do a miracle for this person, like it would really prove that he exists. It's like, no, like, like supernatural signs are kind of cheap, right? Like they're, they're awesome. And Jesus did many while he was on earth and that was miraculous and amazing. But like the, the real, the real work of Jesus's ministry was love. That was it. More than any miraculous sign he performed, it was the love he showed to people and the love he demonstrated on the cross. And so um, rather than just hoping for miraculous signs, um, let's let's acknowledge that the most powerful witness in ministry is love. Mm-hmm. But And I think also on that point of miraculous signs, I think Jesus, he, he didn't perform them just 
to show he performed them because he loved those people. Yeah. He healed absolutely. he healed the blind man because he 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 had compassion on him. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we see that in every single story. Jesus, he didn't just heal because because he wanted to. Yes, he did, but he wanted to because he loved them. Yes, absolutely. Can I just uh, this is uh, can I can I go on a small little rabbit trail maybe here, but I just I just want to clarify something. Um I know there maybe some people and I quite right for thinking this thought of like, um, are you like maybe maybe you'll be asking, hearing what we're saying here, like are we saying that the gospel is just this proclamation of love? Like God loves you, so you better come to him, and that's awesome. No, like partly, yes, but like Jesus, when he proclaimed the gospel, said, repent and believe. Um, so so like I I would like to acknowledge, and even in this passage, like John uses the word propitiation, which has the sense of God's wrath inside of it. And so I, I would I would like to say that um maybe part of hmm, what would you say? Part of evangelism is calling people to repentance. Yes. We're not talking about necessarily right now the proclamation of the gospel. We're not saying just tell them everything about love. We're not, we're not, that, that, at least that's not the point I'm trying to make. Uh, the point we're trying to make is to demonstrate God's love, demonstrate the mm-hmm. character of God, not so that they just think they can get off scot free, but so that they realize that God is real by the real presence of God's love in your life. And so then when they become interested in that, you, you preach the gospel of repentance and beliefs to them. You, 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 you do let people know like, like God's wrath is fully justified and it, it will fall upon you. Like, like you are sinful, like we're all sinful, but there is love and reconciliation because of Jesus. The gospel is both of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so, and so how, 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 how can, how can calling people out on their sin? How can that feed into evangelism is maybe a question, right? Like, you know, maybe we want to say, well, I do want to preach the true gospel. And so that has elements of God's wrath in it, but how do I do that without scaring people or making them think God is just angry and mean? And I'll just very, very quickly say that, um, people do not live fulfilling lives, uh, without Jesus. They don't. Um, anybody who has ever lived without being a follower of Jesus has not lived a good life or a fulfilling life. They will not actually be happy at the end of their life. Um, and so I, I, I think it's good to start from a place of knowing that, of knowing that the only fulfillment people can have comes from Jesus. And so if you're approaching an unbeliever, their sin in corrupting them, in dragging them further and further from God and more and more into their own sinful delights and desires, will leave them miserable. It will leave them longing and cert- and honestly searching for God in the wrong places, unable to find him, right? Like we saw the film Jesus Revolution. I was just gonna say, year, right? Like there's, there's such a brilliant line is um, from Lonnie, uh, this like hippie revivalist leader. Um, and I, oh, I wish I could quote him exactly, but he, he points to uh, all the young, that, that young generation, the hippies who, who are into um, like, you know, like make love with everybody and, and have like do drugs and all this different stuff, just like live freely. Mm-hmm. Like they were searching for God inside of that. And so, and you know, maybe that's not exactly what's happening to people around you, but everybody is searching for God in their own way. It's just that without Jesus, they can't find him. So they'll be searching forever. So how can calling people out on their sin play into that? It's like you are 
clearly hurt by your sin and you're searching for healing in this. But let me point you to the true source of healing from the sin, this true source of freedom. Let me show you why you feel so wrong about yourself, why you feel depressed and anxious and all these different things. It's because you are sinning against the supreme creator of the universe and you need to repent and come to him and then you will find fulfillment. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I just think back to, yeah, I mean, so many people, they're they're always, we're always searching for something, right? Yeah. And for some people, they're just searching for something that is, that's freeing, I guess, mm. from the constraints of, of Christianity and God that right. they, that they think is constraints. Yeah. Um, but I would just encourage you, if you see them searching for these things, mm-hmm. um, graciously and lovingly call them out and just, and it doesn't even have to be in a way of just like condemning them, but just, yeah. just ask as yeah. I, I think a lot of people, I mean, Jesus, he, he asked a lot of questions to yes. people. Yes. Um, and, and we can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Ask someone without necessarily condemning them. Mm. Just be like, hey, what what's up with this action yeah. or whatever? Because as we do that, it, it shows that first of all, you're calling them out on something subtly, yeah. but you're doing it because you love them. Yes, yes. That's so important, right? Yeah. Um, because as you call out someone, you don't call them out just to, to say, hi, got you. Because mm-hmm. if you do, well, then that's, what are you actually trying to accomplish there? Yeah. But instead, your goal should be, hey, I want this person to see the love that God has yeah. and the love that I have for them. And yeah. that means, what are you actually searching for? Yeah. Because I I know something that has fulfilled me. Mm. And I and I want you to seek that too. And that yeah. and that means walking with them in love. That 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 goes back to what we've been talking about, which means loving them at their worst when they when you think they don't actually deserve mm-hmm. any piece of my life. Yeah. It means I choose you. Yeah. Giving, not only that, but giving everything for them, right? Because mm-hmm. Jesus gave everything when we were at our worst and we're called to love people the way Jesus did. So give everything to people when they're at their worst. And not only, and Quinn, I like what you said, like, this is something that fulfilled me. Not only this is something that fulfilled me, but this is the only thing that will ever fulfill you yeah. too. Um, the necessity of the gospel. Um, man. Yeah. It's so good. I, I yeah. Yeah, it's it's repent and believe and be loved, right? Like it's all three of those things. Um, for myself, man, I I rem- like I remember for sure people calling me out on things on like stuff with my character, these practices I was involved in. And I, but I I like what you said, Quinn, about like it it doesn't have to be in a condemning way. Like like God, the condemnation is God's, right? Like God will deal with justice for sinners. Yeah. But I, I look to the story of the first martyr, Stephen, in the book of Acts, uh, who was stoned to death for his belief. The the reason he was stoned for death is because first he proclaimed Jesus Messiah, but then he also called out all the religious leaders around him. He called them out for their sin, and then he died. But it's such a beautiful story because he specifically names the sins that they're committing. He says, repent now, you are wicked. He says the word wicked, very harsh seeming. But then in his last breath, he says, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. So Stephen wasn't calling these people out on their sin to make himself feel better about his own, yeah. or to assert his own moral superiority or to say, ha, gotcha. He was doing it genuinely to bring them into repentance and belief in God because salvation 
that only comes when repentance is there, right? Like repentance is a necessary step to salvation. So when, so when you have a loved one who is sinning, like, like you speaking into that doesn't need to be condemnation. It can be like direct. It can maybe seem harsh, but it can be done fully in love of being like, I'm doing this because I want you to reject that. I want you to cast that away and come to Jesus because God mm. cannot tolerate sin. So cast it away from you and turn back to him and he will love you and he will bless you and adopt you and be you'll be part of his family but you need to realize what you're doing is wrong that it's useless that it's fruitful that it's rebellion and you need to come to him yeah and so that's re- that's calling people out to repentance it is it is not it is not it is not condemnation from you it is not laying down the law so to speak yes those things are parts of it but it is ultimately an action done in love mm-hmm. so Anyways, that was a small sidetrack. Let's just recap where we've been. Okay. We're asking, we're, well, we're talking about bringing reluctant loved ones closer to God. We've talked about how we need to start in a place of realizing there's no tutorial or step-by-step process mm-hmm. guaranteed to bring people back to Jesus. Um, and But we need to start from a place of faith in the character and goodness of God and how he will work things for his glory and for the good of his children. And then we, we talked about prayer. And that's a very practical thing we can do. Pray night and day again and again, insistently with God, with confidence, humility, and love before the throne of the creator and providential ruler and upholder of the universe. Such a beautiful thing, prayer. Uh, we just talked about walking in love. What does that mean? Go read the, man, go read the episode of First John. If you want to read mm-hmm. the passage we just quoted, again, it's First John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. But read the whole book. It is beautiful. John talks about love so much. You will learn so, so much about love what it is and how you live it out so go read that if you want to learn more how to walk in love but specifically we talked about how love is related to the fruits of the spirit especially patience in this area of evangelism and loving people who are unbelievers you need to be patient with them for bearing you need to walk with them engaging with them where they're at we talked about how love is more powerful a more powerful witness than anything else and then we just wanted to balance that by saying we're not just saying preach a gospel of fluffy love yes repentance and sin and wrath are all real but you can speak those things from a posture of love right you are not condemning and hating people if you're hating a person you're you're, like as a believer that that there's something wrong going on there Mm -hmm. like we are called to love people. And so finally, just a short quotation from the gospel of John, Jesus says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So our witness as Christians is love. Um, Last kind of tangible point that you can practice here um, is another phrase that I I call doing life with them. Quinn, what does it mean to do life with somebody? Yeah. I mean, it means, I mean, really simple um, going out for coffee with them. Mm. That's just tangible ways to show love is to do life with them. Yeah. And, and what doing life means going for coffee. Um, that means inviting them into your home. If you're not already part of the same family, if it's a friend or if it's part of your family, that, that might mean inviting them into, uh, if you have a big family, a closer circle with you, yeah. have more conversations with them, mm-hmm. talk talk more and deepen your relationship with them than you have before. Um, It might also mean you um, bring them to things like, like a church event, Um, simple things that they might be like, no, I have one apart with this, but you never know what's going to happen. For sure. I it's when I say do life, I guess maybe the more technical way you could say that is build relationship, right? Like, 
I, I knew I, I I knew of a missionary who his ministry is based off of um like getting getting a group of guys together to play basketball and then sharing the gospel with them afterwards right Dude. like go pick up like do play a game of pickup basketball um like I mean like we live we live near Col- like go go to the lake like hang out like just be friends with them be a no- be a normal person don't be a weirdo don't just don't just chase them down and like poke them and prod them about the Bible like like yeah like yes like put like like proclaim push and emphasize Jesus but like invite them into your normal day-to-day life again if, if they're part of your family already maybe that doesn't mean bring them into your home but bring them like families often like you're not probably all part of each other's every aspect of like your life right like invite them more into more aspects of your life become closer friends with this person just again it's it's about building relationship about getting to know each other as humans because because the more you understand somebody the more compassion you can have for them the more you can speak to them in in, in a way that they understand and empathize with uh um or empathize with with um and 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 um react to right because everybody like like nobody hears things quite the same way. So you get to know somebody, you get to know the way their mind and their heart works and you get to know their worries and their fears and their loves and their dreams and and what they're scared of and what they want to do and and what's important to them and maybe what's not so important to them and you engage with them in that and then you just live a normal life together and like you just do that and you get to know somebody and they start to value your opinion and and more than that they see the way you carry yourself as a follower of God and they see you know there's something to this jesus thing that's more than just words people say it's more than just a religion they again it goes back to they see christ manifest in you and they they realize that that you love them as a friend right and then and then you then within that you you can tell them how you can become close as brothers close as sisters yeah i mean i think something that's really important to note is be be friends with them, do life with them to know them mm. and not, and, and then also share the gospel and talk with them, yeah. but don't do it just for that reason. Mm-hmm. Like, like go to the lake with them, play, play sports with them or whatever they're into kind of the stuff, yeah. but do it to build relationship mm-hmm. because I, I might butcher this, but people don't, Oh, I just lost it. No, Something, uh, but if you spend time with people, they know you, you get to see that you, you get to care for them, yeah. right? And as you get to care for someone, they get to see how much you care and love for love them. And then they start to value your opinion, mm-hmm. right? And as as they start to value this, then you, you, you're you able to have these conversations. Yeah. But for, for me and Chase, I, I didn't um, become, like me and Chase, we haven't been friends for like, since we were five, like no, no, since we were like, like 16. Yeah. Uh, so we, like two years maybe. Yeah, lucky you. you demon child when i was five you're very lucky you met me and it's a bit older (laughs) even then it's like just continue um but i didn't become friends with chase just at school Mm. because i i was like oh this this dude doesn't uh consider himself a christian i I should be friends with him gotta do my missionary work yeah you're a good mormon boy (laughs) it's a joke guys it's It's a a joke joke. it's a joke we're not mormons guys we're jehovah's witnesses continue (laughs) I every I think everybody knows I'm joking when I say stuff like that at this point, but whatever if they don't okay. continue. Um, <laughs> um no, but I became friends with Chase because I saw this. Well, actually he reached out to me mm-hmm. and we just became friends over time. Yeah. And I 
I just genuinely learned to know Chase yeah. over a while. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I didn't even know that Chase wasn't following Christ at that time. Mm. But when I did, I, I was able to have some conversations. We yeah. didn't have a ton of them. No, no, not like, it wasn't like our every interaction. No. Right? Yeah. Um, no, definitely. Like thinking no. back just now, it's like, no, we, we had like maybe a couple conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was actually just a genuine friendship. Yes. And yeah. that, and I think that is so powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it changed anything for you. No, yeah. Um, yeah. But for me, it was just like, I don't know. For me, it helped me just like having a friend, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it was just something that um, it helps both both parties. For sure. Um, as as you get to walk in in love with someone and learn to to care for someone, um, you get to learn about them. Yeah. But you also um, you get to learn about yourself. Yeah. You get to learn how how you can respond to these situations. Yeah. And you can also learn how to um, how to continually love them and how you best do that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, friendship is a beautiful thing, right? And yeah, Quinn, I mean, how do we get to know each other? We went to the same high school um, for a year. So we got to know each other a bit within that. Um, we worked the same job together. So we got to know each other within that context too. We started a band together. So we got to know each other within. And it, honestly, it, it took like it took all those things, right? Like it was just ge- like genuinely, it was just a friendship that was formed, um, not with this higher agenda. And there, there's nothing. No, and like th- that was never on my mind. Right. And and, and I'm not, I, I don't want to mean like, you know, like don't think about Jesus when you're doing this. Like obviously do everything with the aim of glorifying Jesus, but like your friendship with somebody shouldn't be conditional or only, only yeah, it shouldn't be conditional on them coming to Christ. Right. Like, like I, I, I truly, truly believe you, you are to love people fully. Um, and, and how do you even know somebody like, like maybe, maybe it's going to take all the love you can give somebody before they come to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? As a friend. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there's honest, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can, I can say for sure, like just, and maybe this is a bit anecdotal, um, but it definitely made a huge difference just having a, like just a normal friendship and being like, oh, like, and it, it as an unbeliever, like I, like me being a believer now, most of my friends and the people I see day to day are Christians, right? right? Almost all of them are believers. Mm-hmm. As an unbeliever, that's not necessarily true, right? Um, most like mo- like most of your close friends, like a lot of them just aren't part of like they're not part of like why would they be part of the church? Why mm-hmm. why would you just be friends with a bunch of Christians? Like that doesn't really make sense. So when you as in, like speaking as somebody who like very viscerally remembers being an unbeliever, um, having such normal healthy uplifting fun enjoyable friendships with people who are christians it makes you go oh like these people are normal like not only normal but like like better in a way not not in like in a moral sense necessarily but in the sense of they're they're living for something better than me they are fulfilled in a way that i'm not they, they've got this joy that i don't understand they care about these things that i don't care about but it doesn't seem like a waste of time for them mm. why is that and so yeah i just invite every like genuinely just be friends i maybe that's like maybe the maybe this episode really sums up into just like 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 how, how do we bring reluctant loved ones closer to god like love them 
Like maybe that's the simplest way to put it. And obviously that's such a complex phrase and we've tried to break it down as much as we can in one episode. And I think we made some good headway, but honestly, genuinely just love people. Uh, they're like, oh man, there, there is so much that can be accomplished through the different facets of what it means to love somebody. And one of the great ways you can love somebody is to do life with them, be friends with them. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, practically, it helped me so much to have very like friendships with Christians, um, who 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 just cared about me. Who, yes, were willing to engage in those conversations, and yes, asked those questions. And we talked about stuff like that for sure. Mm -hmm. But like the primary impression I got was like, I care for you, right? Yeah. And through that, I'm like, why? Like, like I get like you know like people love people, right? Like that just happens. But you come. As an unbeliever, like being friends with a Christian, you come to understand that there is this love that is overshadowing even the person you're friends with, right? And it, it was hard for me to put that into words for a while. It was like, there is something beyond just what's going on here that I'm not a part of, right? Like there is this love, There, there's not, maybe I wouldn't even phrase it as, I wouldn't have phrased it as love at that point, at that point. but there was, I, I, there was such a, a powerful, visceral, tangible, touchable, like something behind like you as a believer, you as a Christian, um, something powering you, fueling you, giving you hope, giving you purpose, um, showing you how to conduct your life, this, this, this foundation, security, this, yeah, th this everything, right? And, and then I came to realize that that everything has a name and that it's God, right? Like God is that everything. Mm -hmm. He is your power, fuel, motivation, life, security, one and only hope and love. Like that is God. And as somebody who, as an unbeliever, became quite close friends with a believer, that something became like, like, and I love the way um, John puts it, like God abides in us. He's made Per, like his, sorry, his love is perfected in us. He's made manifest in us. If man, like that would maybe be the word I could sum it up in is like, I, like I, as an unbeliever could see God made manifest in you. And that was a powerful ministry that was accomplished through just friendship and genuine care. Mm -hmm. And so if I could encourage you guys like that, that'd be the way I'd encourage people who are struggling inside of this. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, how do we help our loved ones reconnect with God? Mm -hmm. um, our loved ones, we already love them, yeah. right? Yeah. They're people that are close to us. Yeah. Um, and if they're not close to us, that we still have that same call to love them. Mm -hmm. um, but if they're a brother or a sister, um, physically, like in your family, yeah. um, just just can like like we said at the beginning, continue to pray for them. Mm -hmm. um, always be in constant prayer with uh, for those people because. Like I said before, you never know um, what God's going to do. Yeah. Um, pray for them, care for them, do life with them. Because as you do life, um, you learn, you learn, sometimes you learn what they're struggling through. Mm. Um, and sometimes it's, it's more than just, I don't want anything to, to do with God. It's like, this is actually why. Yeah. And as you learn that, um, sometimes it actually can make you love them even more. Mm-hmm because you have this deep sense of of care and your heart aches for it's like man they just have this deep desire to to run away from god because they feel like they have these constraints mm. 
Um, and you're like, man, my heart hurts for them because this is what I have. And I yeah. have this fulfillment in God, yeah. but I want them to have this. Yeah. Or I'm reject they're rejecting God because mm-hmm. they just don't see any logical reason. It's mm-hmm. like my heart hurts because I I know I, I may not know these answers, but mm-hmm. I know the love and I don't I don't actually need to know every answer, but I'm gonna stick through it yeah. with you yeah. and, and try and answer these questions. Yeah. So good. That's kind of my thoughts. That's awesome. All right, summarize. Bringing reluctant loved ones closer to God. One, you must act as we always do out of faith in the character of God. That is first and foremost. Second, tangible step, pray for people. Oh, I want to do more episodes on prayer. It is so powerful and it's working. The prayer of a man is of man of God is so powerful. It changes the world. So pray for people persistently. Go read the parable of the persistent widow, Luke 18 verses one through eight. So good. Next tangible step, walk in love. What do we mean by that? Primarily love people when they least deserve it. Go read the epistle of 1 John, specifically 1 John chapter four, verses seven through 12. There's nothing more powerful than love and God's love will be made manifest and present and perfected in you. And yes, it is possible to preach a gospel that includes the true and real elements of wrath, of the wrath of God and need of repentance of evil sin that we choose. Yes, those things are real, but you can preach that from love instead of hate. You can preach that in a in a desire to bring people to God rather than to make yourself seem better than them by saying, this is what you're doing wrong. And, you know, if you want to live right, do it like me or, you know, pointing out people's sin to try to hide your own. Oh, no, you can do it just from genuinely. I want you to come to Jesus. And this is the only way. Um, and then finally do life with them. What do we mean? Build relationship with them. And, you know, we impact quite a few ways to do that. Um, man, I think that's great. Like how yeah. do we bring our lost loved ones to reunite with God when they have no desire to, uh, again, there's no, uh, sadly, there's no step-by-step tutorial process, but I just encourage you if, if you don't know about the faithfulness of God in stuff like this, go to the scriptures, meditate on God first and foremost, more than anything else, God, like we should see as believers, we should see the world through a lens of God first. God's character should inspire and inform everything we do. I don't know, just his uprightness, his steadfastness, his faithfulness, his patience, his love, his kindness is what informs our own. Um, And so, yeah, just go meditate and learn, go to the scriptures to learn about who God is and then model your behavior off of who God is and what he has asked us and commanded us to do for him. Um, Man, how's that to wrap that up? Yeah, I like it. It's pretty good. Um, Awesome. Okay, well, and again, whatever uh, platform you guys are listening on, whether Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, we would just really, really appreciate it if you uh, followed us, left a review, or just a, a simple rating would also be amazing. Uh, it's a small, easy, free way for you guys to support us and our ministry and uh, the gospel and the message and the uh, the power that we're trying to spread. Um but I mean, it means so much, even just those small things. Follow us on social media, Instagram at Revolution Pod for more resources and updates. Um, and always, if you guys have questions, prayer requests, episode ideas, uh, feel free to DM us on Instagram or to email us. Um, yeah, and we'd love to be in contact with you guys. So mm-hmm. that's about it. Sounds Hope you good. have a great week.